lot of cool stuff happening, eh? God is so good. And, and to be able to come out of COVID uh, in a strong way is so exciting. I talk to a lot of pastors and leaders, and that's not the case everywhere. And so we really have something to be thankful for and thankful to Jesus for what he's doing among us. And thank you to you for your generosity and to your service and to make all of this happen. I want you to turn in whatever device you read the, your Bible on and turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 2. And we're going to read verses um, 12 to 22. But just before I go there, let me give you a, a little bit of a background to this passage of Scripture. The church in Ephesus had... Uh, a mix of Jews and, and Gentiles. And, and the Jews were feeling a little bit superior because of their heritage in, in, in God. You know, they were the chosen people. And um, while the Gentiles were made to just not feel so good. And in verse 11, you can pick up the intense, um, the relational tension uh, between, that existed between the two groups. And uh, actually the Jews called the Gentiles the uncircumcised, those uncircumcised people. And again, just the circumcision was a sign of God's covenant relationship with his uh, people Israel. And Gentiles is anybody who's not a Jew and who did not have the mark. And so they did not belong. They were not included in the covenant relationship with God, nor did they have any part in the uh, promises of God. So, so the Gentile believers uh, were not so happy with the Jewish believers. And so you have this, this, this tension. And as you read through Ephesians, you'll realize that uh, Paul is actually intimidating that real circumcision is circumcision of the heart. And he says, for in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so you have this, this uh, strong uh, uh, division, hostility, relational tension between people. And uh, then we pick it up in verse 12. And Paul goes, remember, and that's for all of us, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope, without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. And his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives 
by his spirit. Father, thank you for your word. Let me just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come right now. Come as teacher and cause your word to become alive in us in fresh new ways. Not just in our mind, but in our heart. Transform us this morning, Lord, to be more like you. Teach us. Teach us what Jesus has done and made available for us. Teach us how we relate to one another. Teach us and transform us. And Father, that we are changed to be more like Jesus. So have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So good morning, everyone. Um, if you've uh, visited our website, I'm just going to close this. If you visited our website, uh, grandvalleychurch.ca, you will uh, discover what we refer to as our core values. Core values are traits and qualities that they're not just worthwhile, but they represent an individual or an organization's highest priorities. There are deeply held beliefs and um, there are core fundamental driving forces. Our core values aren't simply good ideas, but they're at the heart of what Grand Valley Church stands for in the world. And the first core value you'll discover is discipleship. And, and Andrew has been uh, teaching us discipleship is the journey of a lifetime. How many would say amen to that? It's an exciting journey of a lifetime. And then he added, he said, together we want to grow in maturity as we prioritize and practice being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and behaving like Jesus. And, the key, and one of the key words there is together. Together we want to grow. Which brings us to the next core value that you'll see, and that's community. And here's a, just a, a, what I consider a marvelous, marvelous truth. You know, Jesus never intended that we journey alone. Did you know, here's a really cool fact, did you know that the first time anything is ever said to be not good in the Bible is in Genesis 2, verse 18? I have some faces looking at me. Hmm. Hmm. I see wrinkles here. <laughs> but it's true. Genesis 2.18 where God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I need to make a suitable partner for him. It's not good for man to be alone. We were created to be in relationship with God. We were created to be in relationship with each other. But when sin entered the world, you know what? We were cut off from any possibility of relationship with God. And as Paul uh, points out in verse 14, barriers and dividing walls of hostility and judgments and anger were set up between people. And you know what? You don't have to look around too far to see that, uh, the reality of that truth in, at work in our current culture today with a deep polarization taking place. You know, I was recently uh, in a meeting with uh, some pastors and one of our political leaders decided to join us. And as we were talking, he, he said, he asked if we would pray for him. And so 
that was a pretty powerful moment. You know, one of our political leaders asking, will you, will you please pray for me? So we're setting aside whatever political agenda uh, there may have been. We began to hold this man up in prayer. And it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. I'll never forget it. It was amazing as the love of God just began to pour into this man and touch him. And after we were done, this, this, this pretty powerful political leader with team, tears streaming down his face, this is what he said. No one, no one has ever cared for me like that in my life. No one. And that, that, that statement is just is a shocking statement. Nobody has cared for me like that in my entire life. And then he went on to say, he says, everyone just wants to yell at me. Everyone wants to tell me everything I'm doing wrong. And in today's culture, that's, you know, um, he says, everyone just wants to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he said, can I come back? <laughs> can I come back? But it just underscores the, the anger and the hostility he had to constantly live under with the deep sense of isolation he was feeling. And you know, there's something inside all of us, I believe, that recognizes and longs for real connection. In fact, CTV News, I don't know, I don't know how many of you watch CTV News, but CTV News has just started a brand new series on community. And I believe they're calling it better together. And I thought that was kind of interesting. But the truth is, Jesus never intended that we journey alone. And in verse 13 of our reading, Paul wrote, but now in Christ. And that's a key statement. But now in Christ, because Jesus is the sphere of new possibilities. He is the source of new hope and new future. He is the meeting point for all of humanity. Amen? And then Paul presents two astonishing things that happened at the cross. One, now in Christ, while we were far from God, Christ offered his blood as sacrifice, and he dealt with the sin that separated us and brought us near or brought us back into relationship with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We can now walk in relationship with God. And secondly... Through his body that was broken, Jesus unites us. His body was broken so that we could be one. His, he unites us. You know what? Jesus brings, he brings people together. And he breaks down the wall of, the dividing wall of hatred that exists between people. The hatred that divides. The hatred uh, that, 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 that hurts. Uniting us into a new kind of people. One body joined in one family Members together. Amen? That's why Paul says, he is our peace. Because he makes peace between us and God and peace between each other. He is our peace. And because of Christ, all of us can come to the Father by the same Spirit. In Christ, we have one faith, one Spirit, one hope, one God and one Father of us all. Yeah, hallelujah, amen. So, now, we're not visitors, we're not strangers, we're not enemies, but we have all been brought together with all of God's people. 
we belong to one family. We belong to one family. In Christ, we are brought together back into relationship with each other. Jesus has, and no other has solved the problem of our relationships, first with God and then with each other. And so it's Jesus who brings us into true community. Amen? It's Jesus who unites us in true community. So community is a core value. It's at the heart of who we are because it's what Jesus is doing. Jesus brings people together. And then in verse 21, Paul begins to describe this new community. And he uses the illustration of a building. And he goes, in Christ, the whole building... Every part that makes the building, the stone, the brick, the mortar, the wood, the hinges, all of it is joined together and rises, he says, to become this holy temple in the Lord. And then Paul, he has this amazing thing. And you are part of that building. You are part of that building. I wondered, you know, I was just reading this. I wonder uh, the power of those words as they penetrated the hearts of the people who were hearing. The, all the divisions that had happened, the judgments that were set apart. They're hearing that in Christ we're one. And you, every single person, are part of that being, are a part of that building. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Apostle Paul describes it like this. He says, we are like living stones that are being fit or built together to be a spiritual house. You know, stones are found everywhere. And I remember growing up, I would uh, spend a week at my friend's house. And it was fun because they had a farm. But my friend had chores to do. And of course, uh, staying over there, I was expected to participate in the chores. Some friend, eh? (laughs) But uh, one of our jobs, it was an interesting job, we had to go through the different fields and pick up stones. You know what I discovered? Stones come in all different sizes and shapes. Some are rough, some are smooth, some are big and heavy, some are, 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 are just new, and, and, and some are weathered, some are even pointy. And I found out that if you put your finger in between two stones, the outcome, well... Is not good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they come in all different sizes, rough, smooth, all different shapes, weathered and smooth. And Peter tells us that we are like those living stones that are being built, that are being fit together into a spiritual house. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what field we were picked up in, where we come from. It doesn't matter how worn or misshapen we may be, what blemishes we may have. It doesn't matter if, 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 if we're a big stone or a little stone or if we're smooth or if we're pointy. It doesn't matter because Jesus is picking up these stones and he is building us and he is shaping us and he is fitting us together. That means our history doesn't matter. You know, I've had so many people tell me because of my history... I dare not step foot inside of a church building. How can I ever fit in? I can't relate because of my history. It's not true. Because it doesn't matter our history. It doesn't matter where we come from. Our history doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we think of ourselves. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whatever age or stage of life we might find ourselves in. Whether we're older or, or just infant. How many saw my new granddaughter today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I knew I had to slip that in there. I even have pictures just in case. So it doesn't matter what age or stage of, of life we may find ourselves in. Older or infant or somewhere in between. And it doesn't matter the color of our skin. We belong to Jesus. And he is fitting us all together in this marvelous building. What would happen? What would happen to the structure if we started pulling certain stones out? What would happen if we said, oh, I don't like that stone. Just pull it out. I don't like that stone. And we began to pull it out. What if one of the stones just decided to pop out on their own? <laughs> I don't think the building would be what the architect intended, would it? It would, be, it would be weakened and it would ultimately fail. And that tells us, you know what? Every person, every single person is of equal importance. It doesn't matter our history. Doesn't matter where we came from. Doesn't matter our background. Doesn't matter what we think of ourselves. Jesus is fitting us together. And every single person is equally important. Every person is equally valuable. And every person is equally needed. Can you say amen to that? Each stone is supporting others. You know, if you look at that picture, you'll see each stone it's, it, it, there's, there's not just one stone can, touching, there's multiple stones that are touching a single stone. Each stone is supporting others, and each stone is being supported. And every person has an uh, equally important role to play, and that is to support and to serve and to care for one another, to build each other up, to hold each other up. In Christ, the whole building is joined together. Living stones coming from here, coming from there. People from every single walk of life being fit into this amazing community that Jesus is building. And it rises to become a holy, Paul, Paul, Peter said, Paul says rather, it rises to become a holy temple. And you are part of that building. You know, when Paul... Uh, when the people Paul was talking to heard the imagery of a temple, in their minds, they, they may have gone to the temple in Jerusalem. They may have uh, thought of the famous temple of Artemis that was right there in Ephesus, considered to be one of the seven wonders of the world. But what Paul was describing was something so much more spectacular. He wasn't describing it. He was describing a temple not made with stone or bricks or mortar, but a living temple. A living temple. In him, he says, you two are being built together to be a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. That's incredible. A place where God lives by his spirit. Jesus builds us together to be a place where he lives. Wrap your head around that. The creator of the universe, 
God Almighty is building us together to be a place where he lives by his spirit. His presence with us. His presence with us. His life active in us and through us, sharing a common life in Jesus Christ. That makes this a very distinct community. It's a kind of community that is unlike anything you can find anywhere else. Moses said it like this. He says, if your presence doesn't go with us, what's going to make us different from all the other peoples on the earth? It's his presence. It's his presence that makes this community different than any other kind of community that you can find anywhere else on the face of the earth. Amen? It's his presence that makes the difference. His life working in us. His life radiating through us. Amen? It's his presence. A community. A community that is able to reflect the very nature and character of Jesus. Able to demonstrate and extend the love of God. For in Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Making it the kind of community where people can experience life-changing encounters with the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Andrew prayed earlier, if you're not here, Jesus, what's the point? His presence with us. His faith being expressed in us through love. Making it the kind of community where people can experience life-changing encounters with the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that community. That's the kind of community that excites me. A people that Jesus is bringing together, his, his presence with us, so that others can know his love through us and experience the same life-changing power that I've, my life has been changed with. A community where people can have an encounter with the living Savior, Jesus Christ. A community where people can experience the genuine love of God expressed through you and through me. A community that values all people and authentic relationships can be formed, modeling the very culture of the kingdom of God. A culture that values all people. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Every single person is valued. It's a community where we can together Practice being with Jesus, being in his presence. It's a community where the Holy Spirit will help us grow together in our character, becoming more like Jesus. Amen? And it's a community where the Holy Spirit will empower us to behave like Jesus. His life, his love flowing out of us in practical demonstration. Amen? Jesus is fitting us together to be a community where he lives by his spirit, by his spirit. Community isn't a a core value simply because we're better together. The community we're talking about finds its cohesion in Jesus. Community is a core value because it's what Jesus is doing and what he's continuing to do. Amen? Amen? 
Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of community I want to belong to. And that's the journey we're on. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you're, you're, you're drawing us from here and from there. And it doesn't matter our history. It doesn't matter our background. It doesn't matter, Lord. It matters what you're doing. And you are fitting us together to be a people where you live by your spirit. Holy Spirit, continue to move in us then. Continue to teach us, Lord, how to, how to be in your presence together. Help us to grow in our character so that when people see us, they see the very nature and character of Jesus. And help us to grow, uh, empower us to behave like Jesus so your life will shine from us, Father. That we would be lights in this community. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and move in every single person right now. Those that are online watching, those that are here in the room, Father, those that will yet hear this message, move in our hearts, continue to form us, continue to build us, continue to draw us, Lord, together into the kind of community where people will know everyone has value and everyone belongs. Thank you for what you're doing. We bless you. And we honor you in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen.